our final episode from 2022, or maybe it's the first episode you're, if you're living in the future right now, this might be the first episode you hear in 2023. Coming to you live from Portsmouth, we're both in the Seacoast area now, my dog. How's it going, dog? Happy New Year. Uh, Yeah, Happy New Year. I'm definitely looking forward to 2023, Uh, especially in terms of uh, movies and film and media, as we were discussing. I feel, what was, what was the... The movie of the year. Let's get right into it. Wow, jeez. Movie of the year? I mean... Well, so, okay, so what we're going to discuss in this podcast is 22, 2022, a year in review. And usually there's like one or two movies or a few uh, cultural phenomena surrounding movies that just kind of take the year um, that are easy to point to. This year was, I feel like, not as easy to point to it. But, you know, we might, we might all agree that... Uh, Tom Cruise's, um, I, I keep wanting to say Valkyrie, the no, Maverick. Maverick, uh, yeah. I, I think if, if you were to ask John Q. Public, then I would say that Maverick was far and away the most successful movie. And I think just universally favorite movie of people for 2022. I mean, there's definitely going to be like the artsy, niche Like, I doubt... I, I don't know if it's gonna be gonna be up for an Oscar. I don't think that the Academy would would do that because it's not that type of movie. But I think universally there hasn't been a movie that people are just like, oh yeah, this one was defining of what people wanted to see for 2022. And really, it was ready pre-COVID. But as we all know, and I think we discussed on past podcasts, Tom Cruise insisted that it, it it's something that was released in theaters. Uh, he bet on himself, and I think I think he he won. Like I, I, yeah. Well, you know. So what are we doing in this podcast? I guess is important to lay out. So 2022 in review is not necessarily a top five, or it's basically what we as jerks were watching and yeah. uh, consuming during the year. Um, well, I could I couldn't help myself. I made a top five. I mean, we yeah. I, I know you didn't have it. We're just gonna kind of talk. Overall, yeah, because it's, like, it's hard to say like that Maverick was my favorite new thing of the year, which you know, I think it was the most culturally significant. Um, yes, which I, I, I think is what we mostly observe on this podcast is like the, the culture surrounding the, the stuff that comes out, or like you know, what, what does it mean outside of it just being a, a you know, a piece of art or a movie or something? So, for, so for, for me, and, and as we've discussed before, there's a decentralization of that uh, mainstream media or mainstream culture, it's, we're not all consuming the same stuff as we once were um, in the age of streaming. and Which I think why Maverick was such like a throwback to that, because mm. like that, that used to be how movies were released and consumed and talked about the way that, the, that society did that. So I think that that's why it was so fun. And it was just a really good movie, too. Um, what would you say the yeah, percentage I, as of right now, if people didn't go see it in the theaters, what do you think the percentage, and I, have, I don't know the number of this, but just your guess, the percentage of Americans who watched, who have seen Maverick now? Percentage of Americans who have seen Maverick, I would say is less than you think. I would say around 25%. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. So I, I would have, I would have thought that 50 was as low as you would have guessed right there, but. No, well, I, think about it. There are what four hundred plus million people in America. Like, like there's. I don't know if over two hundred million people have gone to see it. 
Well, not gone, but I've eventually seen it. Yeah, you're right. That is a huge number. That is a huge number. So. Yeah. And I think it was, you know, it was, it was definitely, as you said before, I think it's important word is throwback. Um, Cause a lot of what I've been focused on and what I'm, you know, prepared to talk about is kind of the nostalgia wave that we as a society are going through um, and looking back a little bit. And <clears throat> certainly me, uh, I've been revisiting a lot of stuff, but I think that the, again, mainstream culture, like the, the central culture is kind of the, uh, nostalgia throwback vintage um, stuff that are, people are, are taking the time to go back and appreciate. And I think that is part of um, um, a uh, symptom of COVID or being, you know, re- being so reclusive for a while and having, you know, stuff that wasn't being released as much. So I do think it's kind of um, a reaction to that time spent um, with people yeah. looking through their past no, I, and stuff. I, I hear you. It, it's a behavior we learned in 2020 and 2021, and I think it's kind of evolved, devolved, whatever you want to call it, into how we watch stuff now. Like, that, and I, pre, before the podcast, before the red light went on here, like, we were talking, you and I, that it's, and I think we've been talking just throughout this entire year and last year and everything, it's just people watch stuff different. Everything's at our fingertips now. So we're not told, you know, oh, this is on TV tonight. This is what you have to watch. Like, we don't have to, uh, it's basically, if, if something comes to mind, we can some, we, you, we can usually find it. 99 nine times out of 10, if you want something, you turn on your TV, your streaming services, whatever, and you can either find it or pay for it and watch it that, immediately. Yeah, you can find a way to rent it. Um, <clears throat> from your couch, saying, from I... your couch with like, Within t- five or six clicks of sitting on your couch, not even necessarily on your couch, on the plane, on your on the go, like when you're at a you know hotel, like you have it in your pocket. So mm-hmm. accessibility has changed um, in terms of yeah, it's not a you didn't have to buy Stars and HBO to watch um, unedited movies on TV at your own leisure. Um, yeah, so how we are consuming is is changing. I think what's uh, being put out as well, because um, companies certainly aren't <clears throat> naive to this nostalgia wave that's going on. I mean, it's nothing It's nothing new. They've been doing, they, as in major uh, movie uh, companies, production companies, have been doing the, the reboots for quite a while now, which are, you know, are basically, you know, guaranteed to at least get X amount of viewers who watched initially, or the initial show. Something like Starsky and Hutch, you know, has been, you know, so the, it, that's not a new thing, but I think um, the fact that so few um, production companies are willing to take the the risks on like the 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 more edgy stuff. I mean, outside of you know, if, uh, yeah, they're they're okay. Okay, and this is we're talking about within mainstream culture because of course there's these avenues where people are doing gritty stuff, um, but we're just as a couple of jerks, we're just not as privy to like I think necessarily the. <clears throat> The, the, the stuff that's being greenlit outside of the, the main production company. So I think this jerk is. I am. I, I, I go for, and look for all that stuff. Like, I definitely, as we talked about before, I've, I've, I look and I'll do research. I'll read an article before I watch something. I'll read a review before I do that. And, and I'll Google, you know, what's hot on whatever, HBO or streaming service right now before I actually choose what I'm watching. I... I'm looking forward to the Golden Globes, the Oscar list of movies that I haven't watched. 
I just listened to a podcast about other people's top five stuff for the year so that I can kind of just put it aside and say, hey, all right, well, when that's available or if I can find that, then I'll go and watch it because I feel like you're right. I feel like it's not as in front of you as as it was. You have to go digging for that stuff. But I, I, I do still like to go look for the gritty stuff, right? Like I still like to look sure. for – and I, I think yeah. – yeah, go ahead. But I think, but I think we're not getting the full spectrum as we thought we once were in terms of like we don't. There's too much I, out I, there. I, there's there's too many options. There's way right, more. right. So that that's why I kind of like these end of the year things because other people do the work and then bring the and then bring the cream to the top so that I can go see it. Even if it's been out for four or five months or whatever, I would have never noticed. I would have never known it unless someone else did the work. That's another beauty about the internet or whatever watching stuff today is that there are people who are professionally watching stuff out there and bringing what's good uh, to, to us. Yeah. So there certainly are those um, avenues of, you know, where you can uh, influence or um, influence, if you will. Um, so like you can find, again, we were discussing how HBO stars or, you know, cable television would have been essentially decided what we were going to watch or whatever was in the movies. Whereas now um, you, st- you still have those avenues of people telling you what to watch or what's, what's going to be good and what's going to be, you know, what's not worth your time. Um, but again, in terms of, I think it's, it's, you have to go looking for it. Um, and that's not something I've done as much, which you, to your credit, you do. Um, and other, you know, other, other people may, but, um, well, so let's get into it. What, what was outside of Maverick? What was some of your favorite stuff? From okay. Do you want me to just go five to one? I've got five to one and then I've got honor. I've got a few honorable mentions just from stuff. Sure. That I and I'm curious, I'm firstly curious how much, how many of these I've seen. And, uh, secondly, uh, we'll, we'll continue later on about the, like the state of pop culture, but in terms of 2022, Let's, uh, let, all right, let's get into it. Go ahead. Okay. So my number five for this year was an Adam Sandler movie, which mm-hmm. uh, was the one that he did with the basketball. Um, he made this movie called Hustle. And he's a, he's a basketball scout for the Sixers, and he finds this guy over in Eastern Europe who's, uh, you know, he's just out on a playground playing, and he turns him into an NBA star. And it just kind of goes through that whole part. You know, meanwhile, Adam Sandler's, you know, threatened to lose his job, getting promotions, a bunch of things go along along the way. But it was kind of an insight into like a scout's perspective. There's obviously Adam Sandler, Queen Latifah was in it. Normally, I would be like, no. Like, if I saw that just on uh, in, but in the it's advertising. Not, it's not a comedy, though, right? It's a serious I mean, movie. You can't help but have some sort of comedy with those two in it. But yeah, it's a serious movie. On, on, on Cut Gems, I, don't, I didn't think there was that much. Uh, I, by the way, I haven't seen this movie that you're talking about. Okay, um, it's, it's on Netflix. And I, I mean, it, it's been a while since I felt like there was a great sports movie. And then between this and Uncut Gems, like, it's kind of a sports movie, Uncut Gems. Because, you know, Garnett's in it. He's constantly, you know, it's betting on games. It's, it's not the, it's, it revolves around a basketball game. And, yeah, you know, and I, I just didn't see this. It, exactly. I just didn't see this coming from Adam Sandler, and it's great. I, I really, really enjoyed it. And I've heard good things about it. I, I, I haven't had a reason not to watch it. Um, I just, it hasn't been at my fingertips, per se. As you know. And maybe and, it has been, but I just haven't done it. Yeah, oh, I'd recommend it. 
then again, I've recommended a bunch of stuff. I think Antlers was now like has been on your shelf now for two years, and you still haven't seen that. But any, I digress. Yeah. There's a bunch of new NBA guys that are in this too, and it's kind of cool to get to know their personalities because you know I follow the NBA, I see the draft, but like a guy, the Anthony Edwards is in it. He's a guy who plays. He was one of the first overall picks for the uh, Timberwolves. He's in it. Uh, who else? There's a bunch of guys from like the Magic that are on it that you would you know you see them play, but you don't know their personality. So it's kind of cool to. To, to see all them in an acting thing, much much like we did when it was he got game and Ray Allen. Now we're seeing like the new generation get to show show off their personalities in in something like this. And I think with the new age with Netflix and Sandler's you know basically blank check to do whatever he wants with on Netflix, he actually used it to make something other than Hubie Halloween two, which is something that I would expect him to do, but he actually did something that was worth watching. Yeah, he's doing an interesting balance of like really terrible and like pretty darn good movies. Like that that QB, his comedy has really fallen off quite a while ago, as we've discussed. But yeah, those I I almost prefer him as a serious actor now. Um, if you go back and watch Spanglish, like he's really good in that. Um, like I I I prefer his even Click. Uh, he does some yeah. of those. Uh, well, all right, so we're I know we've talked about this all before. Right. So, anyways, um, so number number. Well, oh, sorry, go ahead. Do you want me to keep going no, with the list? No, I, I, I would encourage him and other, yeah, as if anyone's listening, any of those actors are listening to me. I love when comedic actors do serious stuff, and I feel like there's a lot of that happening, a lot of role reversals going on in Hollywood. Like Jonah Jonah Hill um, has put out the, his, it's almost like an interview with his therapist on Netflix. Um, Sturts? So or, what was that called? Sturts or Stuts or something like that? Yeah, um, right. Did, did you um, watch that? Not, not, not fully. Um, uh, but I, again, going back to occurrences happening within Hollywood, I think, you know, that, that role reversal thing or like not being pigeonholed is, is, is almost a, a goal of a lot of actors, I think, right now. Yeah. The more I thought about it, so from our last podcast when we did the Would You Rather and you said that you would do the kids album, I thought that you would be pigeonholed as, as I just listened to that the other day, I, I listened to it again the other day, and I think you're right, I think the more that I think about it, if Raffi came out with like a, like a rock album, I think that that, yeah, I think that that would be cool, or if like. So, I think the comparison is almost like Hannah Montana, so. Well, or in terms of not comparison, but the a career to say, oh, this is how someone like uh, took their their childhood uh, or child um, uh, fan base and carried it with them into their adulthood. Mm-hmm. So I think you know, there's also that aspect too of of building a fan base early, and and when when you get them early, I mean, they they stick with you for a long time. Uh, Taylor Swift can attest to that, I think. So I think that that nicely segments into one of my... So this was my other fifth option. So I I cheated and I had two number fives. So this was an actor, Robert Pattinson, who, again, was that child actor, did in the Twilight, kind of like a teenage... I don't know if if Pattinson's a child actor, but I I know... I mean, he was young in the Twilight. All right, so he targeted a younger audience. Yeah. And now he did this year. It, he starred yeah. in the newest movie, The Batman. And yeah. I really, really. I you did see it. Yeah. All right. Cool. In theaters. 
it was I thought it was really good. Him and Zoe Kravitz, I thought it was really Zoe Kravitz was really, really good. And that was that's my five and five A. The Batman is my five A for what I watched this year. And uh, to your point, yeah, like he went from kind of mm, I, I I saw him more as like one of those yeah the teenage he was an actor that was advertised to a different generation than me and now that he's kind of coming into his own I respect his acting chops and it's a hard act to follow to go after the Christian Bale Christopher Nolan Batman series and he pulled it off I he I'm not I'm not ready to to crown him as the best Batman ever I still think Bale has that but he's I'm going to watch the next two that come out after this or the next, you know, the other Batmans because I think that he's got a chance. I'm I'm open to him becoming another great Batman. Yeah, uh, so I think he personally pulled it off as an actor. I don't think the movie was... I think it's overrated. Um, I thought it was, like, just dark for dark's sake. Or it, not, not, like, in different than the Joker. I, I mean, like, literally visually dark. Yeah, it, um, it rains the entire movie, basically. Yeah, so I, I feel like it was pretty on the nose, and I think we wouldn't be talking about it if, if it were coming out in, say, 2015 or 2017, you know, where there was still some decent stuff coming out, like, uh, before COVID. Um, well, I gotta uh, pause you right there. We just, we let off the podcast by saying that we didn't watch everything. I think... Five years from now, we'll look back at 22 and discover these things and just be like, oh, sh- like stuff that we're not talking about here today and just be like, oh, man, that was a great movie. We, we sure. just, it just takes a while for us to find it, you know? Definitely. I mean, and we're not, it's not like we're hounds and we don't do this for a living where we've got to watch every single thing. I mean, meanwhile, you know, I'm deeply invested in music and like what new stuff is happening there and, uh, so, I mean, it's not like we're under a rock here. I think we're just, it, the, the ether is so saturated with, um, different rabbit holes you can go down. And now, like, I wish we would, I wish we, I wish that was our profession that we could sit around and watch stuff and talk about it all the time. But Bill's got to get paid, Bill's got to get paid and our, our polar seltzer, uh, <laughs> sponsorship just isn't is isn't as fruitful as I was hoping it would be. So yeah, it still has yet to come through. I haven't seen a check from it. Yeah, yes. Uh. <laughs> All right, let me get but, through uh, my list. I know you're. I, I think we're going to talk I, about music. Let me just get. Well, to, I like. Hang on. I like the bat to the Batman thing. I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed uh, the experience of going to see it in terms of like it was an okay action movie. I just think it's overrated and wouldn't be in the conversation and if it had anything really, you know, going up against it. I, but in, in, and on that note too, just before we, we switch over, cause it, we're talking about a theater experience. I think our prior podcasts of when I asked whether the theaters are on their way out, I think I'm the, the proof is still in the pudding in that. Like there's only, there was only like three or four movies this year that we could talk about that were worth going and seeing like avatars out right now, which you know, it didn't have the surge to the theater like that I thought it would. I, no. I hear people like it. No. But that Maverick and Batman and maybe like one or two others, um, that's, it's, remember years past, there would be hundreds of movies that came out in theaters. Sure, sure. And, that, and there's now, right. So I, I think going back to the probably, that wasn't this time last year, but it was earlier in the year we asked, are theaters on their way out? And I, I would, have to say that 
the trend is oh, dog. is against him. All right, dog. Well, then I'm going to counter that with my number four. My number four pick go. for this year. A movie that you and I went to the theater together to go see. It was yeah, Jackass, Jackass Forever. Was that this year? That was, that was this year. That was er, that was much earlier this year. That was like February, March of this year. You, me, and Maddie went yeah. to go see Jackass Four, and it was a great night. It was a fun. It was a. It was. It was. It exceeded my expectations of what Jackass, what these guys still right. had left in the tank. So that, but in terms, of, if you look up the numbers that it did in the theaters, it I don't care about the numbers. Point. I'm saying what was my favorite. And you went. Yeah, to, it was great. We had a blast. Sure. To your point, you, me, and Maddie were the only ones in that theater. So, it, like, mm-hmm. the numbers probably weren't great for that. I mean, the who they're aiming at is a very small generation, probably from the ages of eh, forty-five to twenty-five. Now, I like males, obviously. So, uh, but I, I just enjoyed every second of it. And the the and the movie theater, that throwback theater that we went to in Epping, had a lot to do with my enjoyment of, of the experience of watching that movie. Yeah, no, I, I the experience is still enjoyable some, sometimes, like, again, but it's just not something I'm, I'm rushing out to do. I'm, I, I, as I've stated before, I'm not the biggest theater guy. Um, I'll, but that being said, I did enjoy, you know, the couple times I went this year. It's got to be the right movie, and Maverick showed us that um, in terms of, like, I, that you can still have a great theater experience. I, I think the argument initially was when we were talking about theaters is that they, the prominence they have has to dwindle. Like, there's, there can't be, it's got to be more, it's, there has to be, like, there's the theater at the, up at the, on Lake Wadabasaki, the three uh, screen theater. It's like, how is that going to stay? Like, it's, I mean, well, because, because it's always going to rain. And if there's something to do on a rainy day up at the lake, it's very few. You can go to Fun Spot, or you can go to the arcades, or you can go to the movies. And I think that they, because there's so few options to do on a rainy day, that that's something that's that's always going to be good. It's always going to be an option for people. I think that that's that's my opinion. If I know you, I know you disagree, but Uh, no, no. I mean, I just think we're. I think again, touching on one of our prior podcasts. This is what's cool about doing this is we can like. Kind of check in with ourselves, like what our opinion yeah, is. Yeah, this is our review. Right. This is a review. Yeah, for sure. Okay, but yeah, but we, you know, we're also held accountable for all the things that we say or, you know, all the stances we take. Or You said you went to the movies three times this year. You saw Batman, you saw Jackass, you saw Maverick. Those three yeah. times, did you have fun those three times? All three times. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then, then period. Depends, then, then I think that... It depends that, if you, Botsy was acting outrageous at Batman. So, I mean, that was part of the fun. Uh, and we had this the theater to ourselves with Jackass. And then what was... Maverick was like just an old school uh, action movie. Yeah. So, I, I really... I'm not afraid to admit and shouldn't... I love action movies. They're so much fun, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, I've watched a lot of the, the just old stupid action movies that we grew up with recently um some of the board movies some of the like well, i was watching collateral lord of the rings oceans like all this i miss i love big i, I wish that are i wish they do more kind of, i wish they do more i'm with you all right yeah, so i think that's why maverick i think we're not alone though and i think that's why maverick there's still the demand i think for those things but the minimal CGI, minimal CGI action movies. Cause they do, they still put out like your Marvel movies. They still put out Mm -hmm. stuff where 
Anim- right, animation CGI, I think, is important. You're right. Yeah. Right. They, I mean, they still do like the Jurassic Parks. I guess that those are technical, technical John action Wick. movies. Well, yeah, Wick. John it's, Wick. It's been a few since Wick, but yeah, the Wicks were great too. We love those. All right, there's me, another one coming out. Oh man, is he going to be even slower than this one? Can he find someone slower than Holly Berry for as his as his? <laughs> hey man, don't. Uh... Hey, don't get me wrong. I'll go see it. He he lost a lot of speed in that in three. One and two were great, but he lost a lot of. You can see like his kung fu is just like almost slowed down a little bit more because he just age age is undefeated. Doug, age is undefeated. Going back to what you said, the lack of CGI, like there's the choreography there that's sweet. But I think I think there's still the demand why they can still make Wicks John Wick movies. Um, Is there? You're right. Or we're we're saying the same thing in that there's this demand for that theater experience, but I don't think that like the supply hasn't been there to to meet necessarily the demand of, of a of a, so, a full theater all the time. Like someone's been someone's making that, money. I don't think that people if if someone's making money on all these movies. And again, I think it goes down to that. They niche. can do it cheaper when it's on the streaming services. Like a theater release is much more expensive. I think. Maybe, but I think it's still lucrative for, for most movies that go out. Anyways, let me get to my number three. My number three was uh, uh, a movie called Smile. So I've gotten into a uh, tradition with Crystal. I go around Halloween, we always pick what we think will be the most exciting uh, horror movie for that particular season. There's always a ton to pick from. Um, but Smile was, uh, did, are you familiar? Did I, did I send you the, the trailer for this? It's basically yeah, about, yeah. about um, a woman who works in the hospital. I think she's, um, she works with uh, mental, mental patients or in a psych ward or whatever. And there's this, you know, almost like a being or a demon that goes from body to body. And Anytime that you see this per, anytime that you're possessed with it, you see the evil lurk when everyone, anytime someone smiles, right? So, for those who haven't seen it, which I'm guessing is 90% of people who are listening right now, I would, re- I would highly recommend it. It was a fun thrill ride. It was one of those classic, like, you know, you never see anything coming and it scares the bejesus out of you. And it was fun. The last 10 minutes, so, all these scary movies now never know how to end, or and I think that's always been a, a, a problem for classic scary movies. They don't know how to end. Either the hero dies or lives, right? So you, uh, I won't give any spoilers away, but I really, really enjoyed it. And just going to the theater, again, I saw this in a theater. Hearing people scream is ha- was half the fun for me, too. There were people audibly ske- screaming. I think actually one woman fell out of her seat. She screamed so hard or was so scared. It was just fun. It was a it was a lot of fun. Again, attributing that to my theater experience, but the movie is actually really good too. I think it's on Peacock right now. Yeah, uh, haven't seen it. I I think that Smile. There there are no shortage of like more horror. Like horror is a popular genre right now. I think, and I think there's more. Like that's one of the niche, almost one of the niche avenues that was exposed the last like five years, five to ten years is like the. The hardcore cult that is like uh, that follows uh, yeah. horrors and slasher movies. Like I mean, you say really you say you say niche. Kind of you say niche, but there's millions of people in that niche. Well, there unquote. was there was the cult of that was like into like early you know Night of the Living Dead. You know what I mean? Like it was more of a 
a uh, film nerd type of thing, but I think that, you know, more and more people like say, you know, someone in college right now or just graduated, I think is, is more likely to know like Stanley Kubrick's movies or like, like, I feel like those, those things that were once niche uh, in terms of like the, you know, uh, specific knowledge or the intimate knowledge is, is more widespread. Sure. Um, but, uh, but no, horror, horror, I think will always have a place. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, and I, I felt myself kind of cringe a little bit at myself when you said the, th- the theater experience and having people around you, like, that's something I don't like. I don't like, I don't want to experience what someone else is experiencing through the movie. I just kind of, I like to want to be in my cave a little bit. See, I see what, when it comes, I, I hear you, but I, I hear had this conversation, but I just felt myself feel that when you talked about the woman, like, that, t- that sounds like taking me out of it, almost. Like, so, paying attention to her. But that's my, that's just me. Uh, yeah, all right. That, fair enough. I, I guess with, with I think, a regular movie, anyone making any noise would be would be upsetting to me. In a horror movie, you almost treat it like a roller coaster. So the person the, the person behind you screaming adds to the thrill of it to me. So, so how, how about... Yeah. Why don't so comedy? I totally get that with like laughing. Yeah, laughing. Like yeah, you, you have a live laugh track and it makes things funny. Okay. Yeah. The, the, when, are you, when are you going to go see a comedy in the theater again? Like I, you know, I don't know if that's going to happen again. Or when um, is there going to be a comedy that's like like truly funny? But I I just remember watching uh, what was it uh, Anchorman in the theater and people were roaring laughing in their seats and it just yeah. it added to how funny i thought the movie was yeah so borat 2 was one of those experiences where it was a lot of people were laughing but a lot of people were offended so you it was again it was a, a cultural there was re- cultural reverberance to the film mm-hmm. like borat like it i don't feel that in any film from this year necessarily i um, i do you just have to go find it because like you said like like you said before, there's just so much stuff out there, and like a, a big piece of the pie is 25% of the country sees the, sees the movie, right? Like that's the biggest piece of pie, where I think that there is bigger out there, then you could just go find it. So you can find that cultural podcast or whatever, or search out you know people who are talking about that stuff. You just have to dig a little bit deeper, but it's still out there. To, to me, it's still out there. There's still a large enough audience for all of these things where if you wanted to go to a Reddit or whatever, or uh, I, I don't know, any, any place like a podcast, what have you, that you're going to be able to have that discussion, it's, it's just not by the water cooler anymore. It's not. Yeah, you know. exactly. That's a really great dog. That's you hit something there by the water cooler. Like that whole, there's no, none of that like social pressure to see any of these movies anymore. Like there used to be like Napoleon dynamite. Like, right. Yep. That's one another of those one. things yep. where like you had to be in the know and everybody in the school and around the lockers or like you said, around the water cooler. I think that's such an important thing. Um, an important thing that influenced in the past people's um, taste in music or, or movies and what they would go and see. Um, I mean, I mean, even going back to the COVID point, where there's more and more people, less and less, fewer and fewer people around the water cooler because they're back, you know, working remotely, and there's maybe you know less of that like totally. demand socially um, to keep up with. Keep up with the the Joneses, then you know. Yeah. Uh, Again, that, that's why I like these podcasts, the reviews, 
the Oscars because it is a central place where people can go and, and understand what other people central, have been. I, I would argue about the centrality of it. And again, the, the like, where I'm going back to, again, like the most reverberant within culture, like what what piece of entertainment was them? It's arguably, dog, it's Will Smith slapping Chris Rock across the face might be the most like, and that's not within a movie or within like so that is essential. That is essential. You're 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 making my point. Like the Oscars, that I think that happened maybe yeah, that happened at the Oscars. That is a central location. We still have I mean, those places. Like we still have that stuff. I'm saying I'm saying it's supposed to be. So we're supposed to be talking about movies and the, the actual art itself, the pieces. And I would argue that the these movies, like like the the Venus and Serena Williams one, the King uh, was it King James. King Richard. Um, he, King Richard, yeah. King Richard. Um, he, um, yeah, with Will Smith doing that, he made it about himself. Like, it's movies are less about the movie going experience and it's about all that goes into it and the, mm. and the awareness that it presents and the political uh, positions it takes and what it addresses and what it doesn't address it. And I think, but what I'm saying here is that it's hard for me to look back on the year and pick out, like, the Maverick is, is the one I keep going back to in terms of being culturally but, significant. I don't think but you'd I, be saying that unless you didn't see it though. Like, I think, I think because you saw it, you're, you're, you're people, you heard people talking about their experience with it. Right. But so, but I think that you're more engaged because you were a part of that experience. I don't, I disagree. I'm not hearing that about avatar. I'm not saying, I'm not hearing people saying, Oh man, it was just like the first time, or it was just like where I heard people t like, uh, or the, you know, me out and about playing or, you know, um, whatever, what's the water cooler now mm -hmm. is like, you know, your, your texts or like your, your groups, whatever yeah. groups you're a part of. Like mm -hmm. I, you know, I heard it from multiple groups. Um, yeah, I, I think he, that's, that's less and less, um, mm -hmm. in terms of for movies for me. Uh, but yeah, but the Will Smith thing, you couldn't avoid it. You couldn't go anywhere without, hearing about Will Smith slap and Chris Rock. And I was so disgusted. I don't even think we um, addressed it here on the podcast because it was just, there was such toxic culture around the whole, yeah. like there was like vultures in the, you know, in the air. Like right. people loved to talk. It was a really just a nasty thing to, to witness. Not only the actual action, but the fallout from it was just really kind of like, like what the hell is Hollywood? Like, who are these people and like, why does anyone care? It was, it just, it, it was, um, I thought it was a ploy by the, what was the Oscars, the Golden Globes, whatever. I thought it was like, seriously, th them setting, like the fact that they kept the cameras running and kept it on Will Smith. I thought they were encouraging it. Well, you know, no, it was just the opposite. If you remember when it was going live, we, they actually blanked it out. They edited it out. You, all you saw was like, uh, the reaction, you didn't actually see the slap. So if you remember, the slap actually happened, you, like you'd have to watch that part online because uh, CBS or NBC or whoever whoever um, was broadcasting it. that we won't have access to that, like just because they blank it out. They, they benefit from it just as much. Oh, like, absolutely. I'm not saying that they didn't. I don't think that it was planned though. But like when it first happened, I'm like, was that planned? You had to guess, but the more you go into it... I don't it, think it was... I, but I don't think it's below them to whisper no. in his ear or to, like, shake someone. Like, I don't think... 
I'm not a conspiracy theorist, you know, I'm not going to validate the, it, it to like even, I don't want to, by researching it or by even like presenting a conspiracy theory, like you validate the, um, the craziness. Why, why do we care if another man's like, it was just the, it's interesting. It's two, it's two Titans having a beat. It's, it's two Titans in the industry having a legit momentary, momentary beef. And it played out in I, front of the entire country. I mean, meanwhile, you know, why would you gather around in the school? Group, why would you gather you know, around in the schoolyard when there's someone having a fight on at recess? It's it's that it, that's the intrigue. But it's just it, what does it say about us when, meanwhile, there's an actual war going on in Ukraine and Russia? Ukrainians are being bombed. All of a sudden, Will Smith slaps Chris Rock, and we completely forget that people are dying. I, I it's just I think that you can have your focus on more than one thing. I, I agree sure. with you. It was it was disgusting. I don't think the that we whole should cultural upheaval, the reverberance it had within culture, it is almost more impactful than a war going on. Is okay. that you know? It's yeah, like... but I mean that this is this is a tale of old as old as time, right? Like nine eleven happened, and a couple of years later, Janet Jackson had her. And then, then there's a war, and then the Janet Jackson thing happens on. on or Michael like, Jackson had to touch a couple of kids, just like Dave Chappelle. He's like, Mike, we're gonna have to. Him? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Mike. Well, but I'm just I'm saying sorry. it's not new. Like you can, you our minds yeah. and our our attention spans can be focused on more than one thing at a time. Like and and understand that a slap at the Oscars is not as serious as a war that's going on overseas. Like we can understand. We can conceptualize that. It's just at the moment that gets your attention, and but, it's a human so that, thing. It's a human reaction. It's a what human I'm reaction. saying. What I'm saying is negative, or what I'm saying, like raising a question of, is well, this didn't even happen in a movie or surrounding. Like it just is like it's celebrity culture. So what something we don't address here on the jerks is the fact that celebrity culture or social media is actually probably the most mainstream form of entertainment these days. We have definitely addressed this on this on this podcast. No, but no, but it's not something that we unpack. Like TikTok is not something that we've yeah. ever uh, we've never talked about a TikTok video or a, a YouTube video. Like that's what I'm saying. That's cuz we don't watch them. We, don't, we don't watch them as much. I mean, YouTube maybe, but uh, like I use YouTube as a different tool than than for content. I use it to as a I use it almost as my sports center now and or for us as the jerks to upload our our videos and share stuff that way. But I, I, so what I'm suggesting is that the entertainment has shifted from like movies and the art and the, 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 what Will Smith was, you know, as an artist, they're more focused on, it's more entertaining these days to watch the reality behind the art rather than it is to actually, so I guarantee more people saw the slap than saw the movie. Yeah, he was oh, there for that. absolutely because of the like because of more people are like like I was trying to make the point before that Oscars is a central location whether you've seen a, whether you've seen every single piece of art or not. So I'm, I'm, when you're saying there's no central location before, I was saying yes, there is. There are these award shows. There are you know there are places where you can go to to where everyone kind of still comes together. The Super Bowl this year. The, I, I bet you more people watched Dre and Eminem at the halftime show than actually watched a snap of the football game, right? Like, yes, that's yeah. No, that's a really that was probably one of my favorite media events of the year for sure. I, I slapped that. Up. I loved that. <laughs> that slapped that the beat. Slapped. Yeah. I so, slapped. Slapped. No, but um. So what I'm suggesting is so we're jerks in the fourth row. 
we're you know focused on movies me uh, like media music uh but i think we've been a little short-sighted in terms of like recognizing the shift of like mainstream culture really is less about the art and it's more and again this is nothing new but i think it's more about the reaction to it it's more about the reaction to it right right so uh you know youtube and tiktok these are the central modes of or mediums of 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 the younger generations of certainly but i think we are missing something probably in in not being like involved in that that some centrality probably exists on those mediums but we you and i grew up with different ones right Mm -hmm. like so we grew up with movies music radio mtv all these things that are that are becoming less prominent so it's no but 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 i think what what's replacing them is still centralized on that feeling on the same feeling so right no and i i agree i'm agreeing with you i'm saying i'm recognizing my absence from that centrality so like they're like the shift in centrality and then being like being left not feeling left out but saying like oh wait there the central's over there it's no longer right in front of me yeah right 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 so something like you said earlier you have to go out and seek like you have to be on your phone you have to go to tiktok as opposed to just being exposed to it again around there's, the, there's so many different you know, avenues other than TikTok though to get to get your stuff. I do not have a TikTok account. I don't go on TikTok. I but somehow I can still you know understand or find the best movies and watch them from from the year because there's other avenues. There's podcasts, there's uh, there's IMDb, there's there's places well, how, where how there's about, articles from the New Year's like the New York Times like those, those old avenues, those old avenues are still available to to guys like sure. us because sure, it's still sure, profitable. Sure. We're still doing those those same actions. I, I understand, but I'm saying it's not the central mainstream that it once was. No, it's, for sure. There's not 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 as big of a piece, but that's just because there's more out there. There's more avenues. There's there's infinite more avenues than there was back in the day. Before we had what. You know, uh, maybe ten different things that were telling us what to go see. Now that there, now that there's apps. If I list all the social media apps here, there's thousands, thousands and thousands and thousands. So here's has this question. Do you think you spent more hours in 2022? Did you spend more hours on social media apps or more hours consuming uh, movies, TV, music? It's close, but I would probably say... Would you consider YouTube like a social media app? Yeah, I would. Would you consider Prime Video a social media app? No, I don't know how to interact with people on that. Okay. Um, yeah, I would say it's probably 50-50. And I'd probably... Like, so even people are... so, But more so than I would in the past. To your point, way more way more time on the social media apps than I would... Like Instagram. Instagram just one that I go to a, a ton. There's way more yeah, time Instagram on that. Instagram would be default for sure. The, the ratio from that app to actually watching stuff is probably a lot closer than it was in the years past, for sure. To your so point. I have a prediction um, that, mark my words, this time, sometime in the coming years. So one thing I noticed is that Netflix has adopted, um, if you go on their app on your phone, they've adopted a real format. So they take, uh, it's called Fast Laughs, and it's... It's, it's literally like like on your phone, like reels or the tick 
or TikToks work, you swipe through short videos, uh, short snippets. So Netflix has adopted that medium. Um, and I, I would predict that they, Netflix will have a social element, an interactive element within the next couple of years, few years of like, so I was saying to a friend recently, this influencer culture is going to only continue to expand. And like, so that demand of, of, of saying, oh, what, what is Kim Kardashian watching when she watches at home? Like that, I think, I think Netflix and companies like that, the streaming culture is going to adopt that and then bring it in. So I, 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 so, I think that's a good idea. I think it's a good idea. What I'm observing, I think is we're undergoing a shift in like the modalities at which we watch how we, how we consume stuff is, is, is absolutely undergoing a shift out of the theaters, out away from the water cooler and in your, in your home, in your pocket, in, and down your niche avenues. So like there's these, yeah, these avenues of the, of the internet, they're endless, like you said, um, and you can find anything you want. Um, but there's gotta be somebody to take, to make that central again. Mm. Um, and I think Netflix and, and so, Prime are- So are you're, let, me get, let me get this straight. Your 2023 uh, slogan will be make media central again it can, maybe we can have some red hats that say make media <laughs> <laughs> i don't necessarily i don't necessarily want that but if you look at history if you look at uh how, how people how businesses grow is they 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 adopt popular trends and then they stay relevant you know so how is netflix going to stay relevant it's adopting that social media i don't necessarily want it but i can Say it's a prediction. I think that makes sense, and that's where I think we're heading. So, because there is this huge nostalgia wave, and people saying they want those things that 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 water cooler conversation, but they just don't. Not everyone knows how to get there. And I think someone like Netflix, a company like Netflix that's been present since before the shift begun, um, began. Um, I think that that's going to be a trusted name, like to to merge merge it and, and kind of bring that centrality back to 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 consumed media i don't know this is a prediction i don't have you know yeah who knows I, I, who knows um all right so this has been the longest top five list ever i'm just gonna round this off i we think we've talked enough my number two is is maverick so we've talked enough extensively about that awesome action movie throwback whatever so would you say that was the movie of the year of 22 for i for if if you polled a million people, yes, I think that that one is the one that, that rises up. I agree. And then my number one, so that was my number two. My number one is a show on HBO called White Lotus. Yeah, I um, haven't seen it, but everybody raves about it. Okay. Centrality. Season season two, I uh, really love season one. Enough to go watch season two, and then season two took it to another level. Um Bunch of rich vacationers out in uh, what was it, Pompeii or some uh, just on the coast in the Mediterranean. And I'm also not saying that centrality doesn't exist. I'm saying it's less reverberant. Like central culture is less reverberant. Yeah, you just got to yeah, you got to find it. So White Lotus season two. Uh, if you, go, I would recommend if you haven't seen one or two, it's it's a great new show that that I think will at the end of it. I mean, this is the director and writer creator Mike White is creating something special here 
one more season of, of this, and I think that this can be up there with the greats of the greatest shows of all time. With the Mad Men's, the Sopranos, the uh, Breaking Bads. I, I really think it's on that type of path. Um, mm. Assuming we get another two, you know, the, the true the true detectives. That it's, what it's, is that? What's the genre? What's the what's the genre of White Lotus? Um, I would say, I mean, just to, I think technically you would put it under murder mystery, but it's it's way more that it's 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 a it's a kind of a deep inside to upper echelon society when they go on vacation. So that I mean, mm. that's not a that that's obviously not a genre, but that's that's the premise of both seasons. You were in this really luxurious. And you get to look into people's lives and see what these, not rich people, but yeah, the, the upper the upper 10%, 1%, whatever you want to call it, and see what type of problems they have and com- kind of comparing it to, to your own problems or, you know, it's it's definitely sensationalized or, or heightened up or dramatized, dr- dramatized for, for the show, but it's fun. At the beginning of, I'm not giving anything away, but at the beginning of each season, you know that someone's going to die in the cast and you just that's always in the back of your mind but what's going on in the show is so much more drama and so much more developing and thrilling that's going on that you almost forget that okay yeah we're watching something and in the final episode someone one of these characters that I know will die Uh, Mm. but so it's not like the whodunit it's almost like the inverse of it you know that someone's the person dies at the end rather than at the beginning, but you're almost going through those steps backwards to see how they get to that point. So it's fun. It, it's it's definitely fun. There's there's a bunch of Aubrey, uh, what's her name? Aubrey Plaza? Plaza. Yeah. yeah, she's in it. She's in this um, Stifler's mom, who I always forget her name, uh, Julie. Yeah, we should, we should know her. Yeah, name. yeah. I know. Uh, and the, Christopher from The Sopranos, uh, he's in it. Yeah. So it's, it's a bunch of familiar faces that are all coming together. It's, it's a great time. Um, honorable mentions real quick, the movie Barbarian, it's on Netflix, a horror movie. You, you never know what's going to happen next in that really good. I'd recommend that your boy, Jordan Peele came out with another movie, his third movie in Mm -hmm. theaters. I went to go see it in theaters. I don't think it was his best, but still made my top 10 or honorable mentions called Nope, the movie Nope, Uh, a movie with Oscar Isaac called the card, the card counter, really, really dark, really cool. Uh, and I love Oscar Isaac, so I thought that that was his best of the year. Um, a sexual thriller, dog, for, for anyone who's looking for that type of stuff. Ben Affleck, Anna de Armas. It was a movie called Deep Water. Uh, really just high emotion, high tension the entire time. And a good chemistry between Affleck and, and Anna de Armas. Um, and then the last one was another HBO show called The Staircase, Colin Firth and Tony Collette. Good, not great, but definitely so worth. That was one. That was another popular one this year. But I, I watched the the true crime documentary about it mm-hmm. first. So like, I felt like I was, I already had. So same with Dahmer. I didn't feel the need. I already know the story. I didn't feel the need to explore that world any further. Same with the staircase. I, I, I had already like if they okay. So if they made, I, I think I know your answer. But if they made a a, a movie about the Jinx. Um, absolutely i'd watch it yeah all those dramatization all those dramatized uh you know retellings of actual events where they can take definitely take liberties with using you know their own theories or whatever 
I'm in, but I'm I'm always I always go back to the documentary to be like, okay, what really happened, or I always go back to the news to just be like, okay, what's real and what's not. I'm able to separate it. The OJ trial thing that they did a couple of years ago with Cuba Gooding Jr. Like, right? Yeah, I didn't I didn't latch onto it. I, I just I, not exactly a historical rep, you know representation of what exactly happened since half the people in that are dead. Uh, but yeah, I I really enjoyed the the casting. Getting getting something as close to the real thing as possible. Marsha Clark, I think, was the star in that one. So it, it, it is entertaining. Play, it is entertaining to me, and I'm able to separate it. Go ahead, sorry. So what I want to touch on really quick, I know we've run here, but you and I were talking about it beforehand. Um, was something already being sold in the room? So those those stories are already uh, okay. So in a movie production um, meeting, they have to sell. You have to sell something like to the to the guys who are going to produce it um and i feel like we were touching on the you know the reboots or the the stories that are are real life stories and then taken and put it into acting like the the cave divers uh where the 13, soccer team 13 lives great movie it's like all those those are the movies that are getting made because they're already paid for like you you, you said this a couple of days ago uh, i can't remember what we were talking about but it's like yeah the story's already paid oh puss uh, puss and boots the Shrek, so it's a, a new Shrek movie coming out, and you're like, you said, you're like, it's already paid for in the name. People are going to go see it because it's a recognizable character. And that's all this, what I'm noticing is coming out is just that. The studios have to have their idea paid for before they're put it, before it's put into motion. Yeah, I don't enjoy those as much because it's a business decision. So the the, but the think, thirteen the thirteen lives is separate from that though. Thirteen lives is separate from that. That's not a franchise. The Puss in Boots is a franchise. The Shrek franchise, Toy Story, Fast and Furious, like those are franchises. Though I do enjoy Fast and Furious. But, so how about but even but the so something that we missed missed and should absolutely absolutely hit on is the Get Out, uh, Get Back documentary, the Beatles. Uh, documentary yeah was that was huge. i think that was technically 2021 but you're right i don't think we had time to react to that so they had cultural reverberance um it I, definitely. caused people to get back into the beatles it caused like this huge um reaction it, it gave within... insight okay it gave insight into the yoko ono what was she really like when she was there you, you know what was she really like what was the dynamic between her and paul in real life and i don't think that i think that that showed it wasn't as toxic as people made it out to be but right. Tim, so, Paul, so going all is probably the, the the driving force of their separation. So so this is kind of I'm interested. You like you like the Beatles, the Get Back. Yeah, yeah. So this is going kind of to what you were saying about it's not about the art, it's about well, the reaction like or it, about the insight right? or the reality to it. Like this was the Beatles reality show, you know, and right. So it's that's that, what I'm saying. It's a it's we are as a culture are less fixed like there's we're fixated less on like uh the myth mythical status of some of these people and we're more like we're fascinated in their lives and we pick them apart and like that's the entertainment that's more entertaining i think to the the mainstream than than the actually what what why they're famous or like why, when you or, say the mainstream you were saying that you were entertained by that Entertained by what? The Beatles yeah, well, get back. So you understand well, they, you understand the, the entertainment factor of of the reality light, the reality spotcast, the the Absolutely. I'm just observing that we're undergoing a shift and that like that E 
Hollywood entertainment is is way more like that was that used to be just like a show or two here and there and now we're we're less coy I think about like hiding that it's entertainment mm. you know this I I think I think we're more yeah I think just the fact that they, this true crime wave like people are just love murder people love to listen about like and then you like dad and I went and saw the uh, the guy who did the Bear Brook State, we saw him in person speak about the, it was fascinating. There are people there who are chanting, like, just, ch- we're so, it's like a cult around it. It's just really, it's, so I think we, again, are, are, we're less coy as a culture about being interested in what's really happening. And like, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think, yeah, I, I've said what I want to say. It, mainstream culture has shifted away from, movie the media or like the actual pieces of art and it's it's more about the people themselves yeah maybe that's that that that, that part that part is entertaining to me too the reactive piece like to the the reality part of that is that is but it's not as entertaining to me if i haven't already experienced whatever that art is like i wouldn't i wouldn't care what kanye west said if i didn't love his music so you you know if i didn't love his I i still don't care what kanye west says you know what i mean but I have to be tied to their art in order for me to care what they're doing off the screen or whatever on the screen in the, in the sense of a reality. You well, know I feel I mean? like you and me, like when we, like we value these people for their art, whereas right, not everyone other does. people value them for different reasons. So like that's where you and me, I think. Are, are left a little bit is like we we actually are here for the art and the movies. No, I think music. most like, people are. I think most people are. I don't think Kanye or whoever would have their platform if they didn't if it didn't stem from their talent, right? So no, Kardashian like Paris Hilton talent is is business savvy is more apt rather than talent like okay is, is more apt. I'm saying from like, the all right. So let's go back to like the Beatles standpoint. Like if that was just like. I don't know, some middle of the road, I don't know, the, the cow stills. or I'm trying to think of like an old... The birds. The birds, like, sure, exactly. It's not doing the numbers. It's not as interesting to, to people because not as people are as much into that type of music, into the birds' music. Well, it was a historic event. You know, the Beatles, were, and they were, they were made into myths um, over the years. And same with Yoko. Yoko was made into this myth. Um, and then that this kind of, this thing kind of just dispelled a lot of those myths. Yeah, it's great. And I think that's, what's happening in society too, is like, we no longer have these mythical, like, um, celebrities and, and I think the entertainment is seeing that celebrity unfurl Hmm. and like, kind of, um, like Britney Spears, poor Britney, if you, man, she, look at her Instagram right now. It. It's, it's all she's doing is dancing, but it's disturbing in a way. Right. Um, no, I, like, I hear you. I hear you. And, and it's like, it's something, and I don't, it's something that I think we as people are just fascinated in, in like the depths of human experience, which was being explored in these movies and, and all this stuff. But now we're just getting the real, a lot of the real pictures and it's, uh, and yeah, it's hard to look away sometimes. I'm with you. It, this has been happening with Tiger Woods for like the last three years. It's just like there was always an aura and a mystique about his talent. He's still very talented. He's still very Jordan talented. too. MJ too. Yeah, MJ still kind of has that. I mean, other than the last dance, we really haven't fully seen behind the curtain. Like he did, he did a speech at Kobe Bryant's um, uh, funeral, and he did his his. 
um, which call it his famous uh, Hall of Fame speech where he starts crying. That's where you get like the crying Jordan meme from. Like, so like those little blips is still makes MJ uh, mysterious. Tiger seems now that he's kind of like won his final Masters, he's much more open to the media. Where before he was just kind of like not responding. I, I I'd say the same thing about Tom Brady. Like there was always kind of like an element of mystery with Brady and now his whole life is just all over you know every every pop article like with him and Giselle and all that stuff and it's it is it's it makes them I don't know our heroes a little bit more less heroic or mysterious yeah. or whatever whatever it is Britney Spears yeah, no, to your it, point it just it definitely they say there's a saying don't meet your heroes um and you know there's a couple of uh, like, so, uh, it hurts me to say it, the always sunny in Philadelphia guys have a podcast and it has changed listening to it has changed the way that I watch the show. Yeah. And, uh, and it's disappointing. Um, that being said, I'm still listening and, it, but I, I think, yeah, it's, it's this, the shift that we're undergoing is challenging our prior ways of looking at stuff. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I think, you know, all we can do is observe. And that's what we're here to do, is observe it along the way. If I got to get one, so I know we didn't talk, I didn't talk much about the new stuff, but there was one new thing that I want to mention just uh, as, you know, to fill in the influencer gap or to the, to, just to give you guys a, an idea of what I've been watching. So Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities is one of my favorite things of the year. Um, it was 10 minis, uh, mini movies, mini films, super creative, um, neat narratives. Anyways, that's my one suggestion from this year. I, I have high hopes for 2023 and new stuff and I got to spend some time catching up the lack of centrality. I might have like a negative undertone to some of the stuff that I'm talking about, but I think I'm just, it's almost like unease within the shift. So like, like it helps me to observe what's happening, but when you don't know fully what's happening or you're undergoing this change, it's like, it just helps to observe and like talk about what's happening. I, I think that that's a good self-realization. I think that this art is still out there just because you don't like the way that, that it's necessarily presented. It doesn't mean that it's not still out there. And you, I'm telling you, man, 2023, I challenge you to just watch more new stuff because and you have to remember, I, I mean, I didn't even, I didn't get a Facebook until what, last year? I still like, don't have one. And some, and I still, I don't have Facebook. Well, but there's I, stuff, there's stuff that we reverted from or like we, you know, I, kept out of that. It, I'm telling, I'm telling you, you can ignore all that smoke and still get to the, the content itself and still find that content out there. Like the old school way, I guess old school people before our generation would laugh, Google it, just Google it. Just be like yeah. top, top movies from this month, IMDb best rated movies, and then you can kind of filter out based off of you know who you are and the genres that you're looking for. The good stuff, like the cream. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm looking forward to the Oscars. Tell me what I need to watch, and mm. whatever I'll be entertained by the Oscars. Maybe you won't be, but at least that now I have my list. Now I have my stuff that I want to watch, and if I do want to take it any further by looking by listening to podcasts or or you know people talk about that stuff or I can find people or recommend it to people, then you can still, it takes a little bit more effort, but you can still have that, those experiences. Well, I think that, and I wasn't arguing that they, I don't think I was arguing that they don't exist. I think that um, the, the widespread 
experience. So like there used to be, you, you couldn't ignore some certain things. So like things were pushed on, like disco. Nobody, you know, like that's the whole, dad and I were talking about disco and punk. Like there's no punk movement without disco. Um, and basically what I'm saying is there's the, those, um, there's, there, there's no more things that you can't ignore. Like you can go into your little echo chambers or you can go, you can put the blinders on a little bit easier now, I think. I don't know. No, there, there um, are. There's, there's certain art, they just look different. Like you said, the, the Will Smith slap, Maverick, you could not ignore that. Um, the halftime they show. They just look different, right. What, yeah, just, I think what and how is just changing. And I think, you know, with that, our perceptions are going to change. You're like, what we... Uh, you know, what we have to talk about. So that's what that's what we've been unfurling here or un, uh, unpacking here. A couple of things in sports I just want to do for a highlight for, for 2022. We mentioned the Super Bowl halftime show. That was awesome. Um, I mean, this is these were these last two things were kind of recent, but the World Cup, the World Cup final was just incredible this year. I what we met some friends down in town to watch it, and it just it it changed my. It found a newfound respect for for soccer, and uh, I found my actually myself watching a Premiership game because of my experience with the World Cup. I think that that was a, a great uh, thing for soccer. Um, and then I wanted to also mention the Celtics were in the the champion the NBA championship this year. Uh, they lost to the Golden State Warriors, as everyone knows, but it was still a very thrilling experience for me to see this new age. Celtics team, which which is whose core who's been together for the, like the last four years or so, Tatum, Brown, Smart, um, really come together and 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 almost take it home. They're the best team in the NBA right now, so it's exciting to have a new Celtics team that I can follow as well. So looking forward to that in 2013, um, and hopefully the Red Sox can get it together. So I, I don't think I'll be able. This is like the first time in history now that they've traded away Bogarts. Avaldi, JD Martinez in the last week, that I just, it's just going to be harder and harder and harder for me to get behind the Red Sox because of what upper There's management There's nowhere to latch team. on. Like, it's, it sucks. I think we went through, I think you and me and dad were texting the other day. If they were to just kept some of their, half the talent that they had over the last 20 or the last two years, we would have an all star lineup and a pitcher that I'd recognize that's not Chris Sale, who I know is just going to burn his elbow out by, by mid June. So, yeah, uh, right. Though they did, no, the they did just sign this guy named Corey Kluber, but he's he's thirty, he's done, he's done. Anyways, so talking about getting the seeing the sausage get made, like we've been exposed to Moneyball, and like now we just see it at work, and it's it's really right. it's soulless, and it's like it's not I'm, entertaining. No, it's not. I'm like, back. I'm back to just watching box scores. That's how I keep yeah, up with baseball. Right. I, I don't have time for the yeah. It's and it's that our team, hard and our it, team sucks know? too. Our team sucks. That doesn't. That doesn't help. But. Yeah, but we want like well, whatever. All right. Yeah. But uh, so 2023, any movie? Let's wrap it up here. Uh, any one thing you're looking forward to most? I am looking forward to this. Sh- the, well, it, it gets released in in a week. It might by the time people listen to this, it already might be getting. It's called Megan. Um, it's a little robot girl that kind of comes to life. It's a robot play. It's almost like Teddy, Pinocchio. only the horror. Pinocchio. What? Pinocchio meets Ted. It's like, yeah, it's like iRobot meets Ted. But yes, right. that type of stuff. And she becomes a killer. That that looks good to me. That's in the near future. Um, I don't know. I don't know what other stuff is supposed to be coming out. I, in just, saw, I just saw a Christian Bale uh, movie advertised on Netflix. And 
I hadn't seen anything from him in a while, so that's whatever he's whatever that is is what I, I just want to see some of my some of my classic actors like doing like like t- sadly enough take Tom Cruise's lead like just do some like classic style formulaic stuff um, because it's entertaining but di- mm-hmm. like don't I I, I, I I it's it's crazy to hear me ask for formulaic formulaic entertaining stuff. But it has its place, just like pop music, Doritos and corn syrup. It has its place. Um, not everything has to be so politicized or like pointed. Um, uh, so, anyways, I so look Tim, forward to another an, another uh, mindless action movie. Here, so that, that's my wrap. Uh, but I wish you all the best in twenty twenty three. Hope you all take care of each other. Don, yeah. you got anything to close out? No, I, I'm looking forward to another year of podcast with you Doug these are these are always a lot of fun yeah for sure alright man I'll All talk right. to you soon peace peace out 2022 peace out